This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Lots to talk about today coming up in a little bit. A little different Tuesday than we're used to since the Vikings did not play this past weekend. We're not doing uh, my least favorite team is my favorite team. We're not doing film review. No film to review. So instead we'll have football of a different kind. Soccer. Jerry Zagoda joins me here in a little while to talk U.S. Women's National Team. They have a game Tuesday night at Allianz Field against Korea Republic. That should be very interesting. Carly Lloyd, her final game in that uniform should be a pretty emotional event for her. And Jerry will also help me uh, help me make sense of and get ready for the uh, Loons at Vancouver Wednesday night. Big game for Minnesota United as they try to push toward the playoffs. Also be joined in a little bit by Randy Johnson, covers the Gophers for the Star Tribune. Three wins in a row for the Gophers. We'll see where that gets them in the big picture. But first, what did I miss? Well, guys, you knew they probably weren't going to go 82-0, just like the Wild didn't go 82-0. They're 4-1 now. Wolves started out 2-0 this season. Things were looking good. Maybe some cracks in the uh, offensive foundation in that last win over the Pelicans. Um, and they got a rematch against New Orleans, and it was a little bit more of the same, unfortunately, for the Wolves. They lose uh, they lose to the Pelicans in that rematch on, uh, on, on Monday night. Final score in that one, 107-98. to And, you know, second straight game, they don't top 100 points. Defense still pretty good. They're still fourth in the NBA in defensive rating. So defensive rating has been fine this year. Um, although some some concerning numbers within that, which I'll get to in a minute. But first, I got to focus on Anthony Edwards um, kind of calling out himself and his teammates for not sharing the ball enough in that game, saying they're shooting too much, and saying he's going to be a more vocal leader. And you know, Ant was actually pretty good in this game. Kind of brought them back in the third quarter brought them back from a pretty big deficit to uh, you know to maybe look like they were going to be able to get this one done finished with 28 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, had a steal. Uh, he was a plus 5 in his 40 minutes. Carl Anthony Towns was pretty good, 32 points, 14 rebounds albeit on 10 of 24 shooting and did let uh, let the, the opposing center Jonas Valanciunas get 23 rebounds, including nine on the offensive glass. Not all that on Cat, but some of it on Cat. But one of the big problems in this game was D'Angelo Russell, and he was a problem in the game before that, too. Nine points on three of 14 shooting, six rebounds, four assists, two steals. That's fine. He was a minus 12 in the game, just one of eight from three-point range. The ball just kind of stopped sometimes when it got to him, and I don't know if that's exactly what Edwards was talking about he maybe he was specifically talking about all three of the big three um or what we you know what they would like to think of as their big three but Edwards comments after the game were pretty pointed and I want to play a couple of them for you right now uh we just got to be willing to share the ball that's that's it just that simple just sharing the ball we think we're the only ones on the team we gotta be willing to pass the ball it's no I team can't beat five people with three people. Be five people with five people. So we got to be willing to play with our teammates, trust our teammates. Like I said, share the ball. We got nothing to do with the chemistry. We got chemistry. We got to trust our teammates. That's it. Willing to pass the ball. Preseason, everybody's sharing the ball. Everybody happy. Soon the season starts, everything changes. 
I I I I want to shoot this. I want to shoot that. Like like Coach said in practice the other day, Jo playing his off on defense. Don't get no shots on offense. Jaden plays off. Don't get no shots. Bees run the floor hard. Don't get no shots. So, me, Cat, and D-Lo got to do a better job of getting them the ball because Coach draw everything up for us. So, we got to do a better job of getting them involved, making them feel wanted in the offense, not just on defense. You know what I'm saying? Now, Wolves coach Chris Finch did defend D'Angelo Russell after the game, saying, you know, everybody goes through a slump. Uh, it's going to be all right. But he did say the offense is just not looking great. Quote, it's still hard to watch. Not a lot of rhythm out there. Guys are trying to do too much by themselves, not letting the ball do the work. Things we talked about, getting that flow. Yeah, this is not how Chris Finch wants his offense to look, and that's always going to be the the rub here with D'Angelo Russell. You know, he's he's a gifted, you know, spot up shooter. He's he's got vision as a point guard, but the ball does sometimes stop with him. He tries to be the hero, tries to dribble around, find a spot to shoot. A lot of times it's that mid-range junk that I hate, and it doesn't go in enough to make, to justify the times that it doesn't go in. So that's going to be a problem because I really feel like this team is growing into the Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards show, and maybe not even necessarily in that order. I think Ant is becoming the leader on this team. You know, I think Carl Anthony Towns is still the player through whom everything needs to run offensively, but uh, Anthony Edwards is... Still, I feel like even though he's just 20, I feel like he's becoming a leader on the court and is trying to take over that mantle on this team. And I think that's great. I think that's that's what you want from him, even if he's just 20. Um, and, and I think that'll only serve them well going forward. That piece of defensive bad news, by the way, that I wanted to share with you. They are dead last in the NBA in defensive rebound percentage. 64.2%. That means that of the available defensive rebounds, they're getting just 64% of them. Utah at 68% is second worst, so the Wolves are, are worse by a large margin. A lot of that happened uh, in those last two games against New Orleans. You know, New Orleans was 0-3, by the way, going into this game, playing without Zion Williamson. So, you know, some of that's probably just the scrambling nature of the way they're playing, you know, running at shooters, you know, trying to contest that first shot and, and giving up some some second chances, but you know, some of it's just they got to do a better job focusing on boxing out and the fundamentals of that end of the court. It's It's been pretty good overall. They've been getting steals. They've been getting blocks. They've been getting turnovers, all those things that you want. But on nights when that's hap- not happening, if you're not getting the rebounds, you are going to get punished a couple of different ways. So we'll see if they're able to smooth any of that out. The competition does not get any easier. Defending champion Bucks in Milwaukee on Wednesday. We'll see if they remember how to play basketball and share it. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. I'd like to welcome back Randy Johnson onto Daily Delivery, covers Gopher football, covers one of the 17, 18 different winning teams in town right now. A lot of... Uh, a lot of winning been happening, um, and Gophers, no exception, did it, did it again. Another a third straight Big Ten win over Maryland, this time on Saturday. Pretty convincing. 34-16 was the final, over 300 yards rushing. I think 56 rushing attempts. Um, Randy, I don't know if that's the exact blueprint. I'm sure they'd love to do that every week, but it uh, does show you 
how good they can be on, you know, really on both sides of the ball uh, on those defensive and offensive lines. Yeah, they've been playing very well up, up front both ways. Uh, offensive line pretty much all year has, has, has been uh, been a pretty good force uh, rotating guys in there. They, um, yeah, a lot of times I'll use those uh, six, seven-man fronts and uh, move it along pretty well. And then you get a, a you know incredible blocker and tight end, Co'Keefe, to, uh, comes down on, on a lot of those uh, motion plays and just you know knocks out the, the end pretty well. Um, yeah, the defense, the defensive line, they rotate about eight guys in there and uh, been very productive. Uh, it's, it's a good recipe uh, from, for who they've played against so, so far here. And you said for who they played against, and that's a good, you know, a little bit of a, a segue as we, as we look forward. You know, they've got, again, Northwestern this week, Illinois the week after that, and we shouldn't necessarily dismiss those games. Northwestern has had success in the past. Illinois just beat Penn State. Um, but again, games that you look at the schedule, you look at the way the Gophers have been playing could set up favorably for them. And you get to watch Iowa and Wisconsin play this week in a pretty meaningful game. So some, some stuff at stake before we get to that Gopher Iowa game in a few weeks. Yeah, they're, they're basically, you know, they don't need to stub their toe here now. You know, they've, they've got a good thing going three uh, big 10 wins in a row. They have games that they'll be favored in. Uh, you know, you can't assume they'll win just because you, you, yeah, you look at what happened with Illinois, uh, you know, they, they, they play a, a bruising style too that, you know, they could, they could jump up on you, uh, you know, Northwestern, they're having a tough year, but I, I think anybody who watches college football respects what uh, Pat Fitzgerald can do as a coach. Uh, it, so it's, you know, you really can't assume wins. Uh, they do need to put in the work. Uh, and so, so far uh, the, the lines have been uh, paving the way pretty well the last few weeks. Yeah, they get, Two different hundred-yard rushers in that uh, Indiana win. Or I'm sorry, in the uh, in the win over Maryland, showing off some of that running back depth, I guess, because they they're down to their you know down to this committee, and the committee seems to be seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, it, uh, Saturday was a time for the the two freshmen uh, to come out and show what they could do. Uh, you had uh, Kai Thomas, a red shirt freshman, uh, uh, go for 139 yards. He had 101 in the first half. Uh, you know, very uh, very good runner up the middle. Um, second half, a little bit more of, uh, um, Marquise Bucky Irving, who got outside uh, a couple times for big gainers and, uh, had a, had a really nice, uh, stiff arm on one of them that, on his touchdown run. Uh, yeah. So they, there's some talent there. Uh, you know, Bryce, uh, Williams is the third one and, and that, that's about it. That's, that's all they had. They moved over, uh, uh, Derek LeCaptain, um, a special teams player and linebacker. He, uh, he took some, uh, warm up snaps and everything before the game and, so he might be like a two-way player uh, if they if they need him. How do you think PJ Fleck is feeling about this year's team? I know he was talking to the media on uh, on Monday, as he typically does, not long before you and I talk. What, what's his What's his read on what he's got right now? Do you think? Well, he is. He's raved about how much fun this team is to coach. He's, he's been saying that the whole year. I th- he, he likes the maturity of of it. He likes the talent of it. Um, he's always talking about the personality that that defensive line group has. Um, you know, he just, he likes his team a lot. Um, now what can they do? How far can they go? It, he, he never really looks ahead too much. You know, he, everything, everything is, uh, this week is the, uh, um, Northwestern championship season. You, you want to go one and all in the Northwestern championship season. Uh, he tried to keep everything focused to that week. Sounds like sloganeering to me. 
I it does. Uh, you know, I I'm, I'm not sure how the, the that plays in Nebraska. Maybe you know, put in a call maybe there. <laughs> well, as we think about better competition ahead, and Iowa certainly will be better competition. I think Indiana still qualifies to a degree in Wisconsin, even in a year where they've struggled some, they qualify too. I don't think we can write them off, especially if they are able to beat Iowa this weekend. As you think about what they might need to do against better teams, what are a, what are some things that you think they should be feel good about and and B what are some things that you're like, ah, can they do that when they have to? Yeah, they, they need to pass better, you know, have the passing game working better. You know, it was easy for them to turn to the run game this weekend. Uh, you know, they they definitely were dominating Maryland on the front. Um, basically, you know, they're going to have to be able to throw it against, against Iowa, against Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin has a really stingy pass uh, run defense. Uh, they held Purdue to negative yards this, this weekend. Um, Iowa's always tough on defense. You know, it's – and both of those – are mature programs where they've had success over the years where you're going to run into some uh, strength up front where you might not see in other programs that are maybe growing right now. So the Gophers, I don't think, are just going to be able to just hammer away as well as, as, as against those teams as they have against the last three. What's it going to take to get them ranked? What, what's the, what's the holdup on that? you think they're still feeling the distress of the Bowling Green game? Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the case. You know, they they had one twenty uh, fifth place vote in the AP poll, nothing in the uh, the USA Today coaches poll. Um, yeah, I, I, if they win these next two and going into that Iowa game with a seven and two record, it, they should be ranked and possibly even after if they would win this one. Um, you know, you, at six and two, your 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 record looks pretty good. You know, they don't have what you would call a signature win yet this year, um, but it, but. Definitely the Bowling Green loss is uh, hanging like an anchor on him. Okay. Well, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Northwestern definitely down. I know Patrick Royce keeps saying that they've lost more talent. They're lost more production than pretty much any other program in the country. So, you know, but, you know, again, that team could, could be better than, than we think it's, you know, golfers haven't often been in the position of not overlooking someone. That's not really their, uh, their program history, but that's kind of what they have to do these next two weeks, right? Well, you know, there, there was a lesson learned uh, in that Bowling Green game. Um, you know, that the PJ's always been saying, and the players um, repeating the line that, you know, you got, you got to know that anybody can beat you or, or on a bad day or, or know that you can beat anybody on a good day, that type of thing. So it's, you know, they, I, that should continue to be a motivating factor for them. And it, it better be. Good points, Randy. Good stuff. We'll do this again next week, talking about how they uh, how they fared against Northwestern and kind of counting down to uh, counting out of that Iowa game. Uh, good stuff. We'll see you later, Randy. Okay, sounds good, Mike. Good catching up with Randy Johnson, as I do almost every Tuesday here on Daily Delivery. Interesting point. Um, Gophers have only given up 66 points in their last five games. The defense, which was maybe a question mark coming into the year, had Joe Rossi defensive coordinator on the show at the beginning of the year you know and there's some questions they'd lost a lot of talent on defense including Anton Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, you know from, from this team a couple of years ago and, and other key players you know as they try to recover but you know it's been by and large pretty good especially that defensive line has gotten better and better as the year has gone on giving them you know two strengths instead of just one and that's a that's been probably the most pleasant surprise of this go for season so far and will be needing to be 
that surprise as the year goes on. Happy to have Jerry Zagoda back on Daily Delivery. Jerry, it's been a little while. Um, you were kind of pinch hitting on some twins duties for a while there. So I talked to John Marthaler a couple times in the midst of this loon season, but I wanted to have you on because kind of got uh, two big things cooking this week. One, the uh, big U.S. Women's National Team game at Allianz Field against Korea Republic on uh, Tuesday night, and then big game for Minnesota United on Wednesday in Vancouver, kind of a big, you know, in the in the playoff push that they're trying to make, um, a big one for them. So maybe just kind of, first, how you doing? Good to see you again. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. And uh, yeah, you, uh, you'll be over at Allianz on Tuesday, I'm assuming. And you, you talked, uh, you were on a conference call maybe five minutes before we started this segment. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a little bit emotional over there on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, Carly Lloyd, the uh, final game, she kept referring her to herself throughout her career as iced out Carly, you know, really driven and kind of maybe a little bit misunderstood. But uh, you can tell tomorrow's going to be emotional because it started already today in the conference call. I mean, you could tell she, you could tell she's been thinking about this and her voice cracked a few times. And uh, it is going to be a memorable 17, almost 17 years, four Olympics, four World Cups, you know, one of the most decorated players in uh, U.S. women's history. And um, as uh, her coach said that if, you know, she was a, a male player, she'd have uh, streets named after her and, and, and statues in, in Europe and all over the world. So uh, qu- quite an impact she's had uh, since she first uh, played 2005. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing that it's been 17 years like that. I mean, in such a set of accomplishments I and mean, that, she was just part of a lot of those teams that really pushed women's soccer to the forefront, right? Yeah, and she was talking today about being, a, I don't know what, what age a kid she was. She was not super young, but, of you know, the 99 World Cup team and getting autographs from those players on their posters. And now she's the one doing that and retiring just like they did. So, you know, the circle comes around. It does. And she, uh, from what you told me, she, she went to the stones concert lesson. I've seen all these women's players like around town doing a whole bunch of cool stuff. It's uh, it's nice to see them getting, uh, getting, uh, their, their fair share of our city. Yeah. There were a handful of them, like four or five of them that went, they got to meet them. And I saw there was a picture on Instagram on her, uh, account of, uh, posing with, with Mick. And, uh, I asked her if that would maybe give her second thoughts on retiring and maybe continue on playing towards her eighties like they're doing. <laughs> She didn't bite on it. Well, uh, well, yeah, a little harder for an athlete. Although what Mick is doing right now is amazing, uh, amazing too. What about the what about the match itself? What should we what should we expect crowd wise? What should we expect? You know, what are they hoping to get out of this match? Well, I think the biggest thing is they're going to say goodbye to Carly. I don't think the match itself it's a friendly. I don't think it really matters one way or the other. Um, they're going to have a big crowd, uh, solid. I'm not sure, but I'm sure they'll. they'll uh, come very close to filling that place up. And, and the, the big storyline is just uh, her handing off the number 10 jersey and uh, walking off uh, walking off the, the pitch one last time. So that's that's the, the thing to watch. I think she's going to say she's going to have maybe 25, 30 people here. So uh, sure, when she talks, grabs the microphone after the game, that'll, that'll be uh, um, heartfelt to, to hear what she has to say. But I think that's... Uh, other than the women's national team playing kind of a, this was, I think the fourth game and final game of this sort of post Olympics farewell tour. So um, that's here. It's kind of cool. 
Yeah, it is cool. And it's, you know, it feels like a couple more things along those lines. It feels like these are kind of auditions for even, you know, bigger events down the road at, at Allianz. Are they, you know, optimistic of getting, you know, not just, you know, friendlies like this, but as they think about, you know, bigger and better things down the road. Yeah, they had the gold cup here. You know, they've had the men's team here, the women's team here. They're trying to build it so that this is sort of their kind of second, their second home away from home. And having the, you know, having the gold cup here was a big thing. And then we'll see what's uh, what's coming next. You know, obviously there's going to be no world cup here because that, for that because it just isn't big enough. You know, it would have had to been in, in U.S. Bank Stadium, and I don't think that's going to work out. So, but I think you're going to see this regular, at least try to have this regular relationship with both national teams coming here just because, uh, you know, they come in like the, the women's team yesterday did. They trained a couple days in, in Blaine or at least yesterday. And then the, the stadium is as good as it gets for, you know, the 20,000 soccer specific venues that they have in the league. You know, it's not 70,000 like Seattle or Atlanta, but uh, uh, it's a great place for a game for friendly like tomorrow night. Loons have been kind of dancing all around this playoff spot um, for, for a while now. And it's, it's no different after the draw this past weekend. What, what do we make of this team right now? There's, there's three games left. feels like they can finish anywhere from out of the playoffs to even jumping up into that four seed. If, if things break, right. What, what's, what's the most likely outcome do you think as, as they prepare for this big game Wednesday in Vancouver, a team very much even with them or close to them in the standings. Well, that's the thing. Anything, anything can happen. I mean, they could, uh, you know, they got to play two games on the road. They could, they could, uh, and then sporting Kansas city here on uh, Halloween afternoon, you know, they could lose all three and be out of the playoffs after they've, you know, not been below that line this whole time. They've, you know, had all these teams around them and beneath them, they're kind of watching that all of a sudden they wake up after last Wednesday's game when Vancouver comes back and beats Portland and they're one point out of, uh, that fourth, uh, playoff spot. So anything can happen. I think it all comes down to, they, get, they need those four guys they put together, the two guys they went and get, Unu from uh, France and Fragapani from Argentina, and they need them to team with, you know, Reynoso's got to drive the bus, and um, Robin Ludd, and, you know, they got to score a couple goals. They should have scored five of them, I think, probably, in, uh, last game um, and just couldn't uh, couldn't do it. All they could get was the one against LAFC and, and salvage the one point. But, um, you know, if those guys – They've never really had this team together fully, everybody together, everybody here, you know, whether they're not an international player injured. And if, you know, Uno starts scoring some goals and Reynoso does what he does, you know, we could get, we could have a run like we did last year towards the Western Conference final. And if they can only score, you know, a late goal or, or nothing, you know, this thing may all be over by next uh, week from Sunday. How, you know, based on the expectations coming into the year and they did a lot of, you know, off season and early season roster maneuvering, I mean, how, how disappointing, frankly, would it be if they didn't even, didn't at least crack the top seven? I think very disappointing. I mean, uh, you know, people keep saying to me, oh, is Heath in trouble? I said, well, not until this thing all plays out, you know, you got to give them a chance to have everybody healthy, see what happens. But if, you know, they miss the playoffs, well, then, you know, who knows? Who knows what happens? What what management owner owner is thinking on that? Because they spent some money, you know, some of it uh, last three years, some of it wa- really wisely, like Reynoso, very smart, and then other guys that didn't work out, like um, Juan Chope from uh, Argentina and Thomas Chacon, the player who's still on their their salary rolls, but uh, is back home in Uruguay. And then they've had you know things that have worked out great, signed guys to contract extensions, spent some money. So, um, 
I don't think you can judge us until it's, until it's all over uh, and uh, just kind of let it play out and, and, uh, and see what happens. Matchup wise against Vancouver, how, how do we, I mean, I'm not extremely well versed in, in Vancouver. I just know they're, they're close in the standings. Will they test the, the loons in a specific way that you know of? Well, they've, they've played well. And, uh, you know, they've, uh, the first time they, they played loons at Vancouver, it was in Salt Lake City. That was before, and now they still got one game. I mean, the thing about this, this is the schedule. You know, there's two midweek games back-to-back. Did one last week. Now this one, they've got to um, go all the way to Vancouver uh, tomorrow, come back, and then play on, play on Sunday, and then they have the week off before they finish up against the Galaxy. But, um, you know, they've, they haven't had great success on the, on the road. They pulled one off uh, in Austin last time out, but uh, you know, Austin didn't have a lot to play for. and. Vancouver does so. So uh, then again, we'll uh, we'll see on that. But I think it's going to be a tough test. I don't know enough about them. I've you know haven't seen enough of them to know tactically what's going to go on. I just know that they've been playing well and uh, um, uh, with the with the two road games, you know they've got to get some points, at least a point each out of out of them. Just to, and then and then beat Sporting Kansas City here at uh, here at home. That's a pretty tough. Uh, that's a tough task. Uh, that's that's a tough task for them ahead. It's uh, kind of it feels like they're gonna regret a little bit of you know some of those points they got away in the middle of the season when they were playing better, but maybe not getting quite enough results. Now they went a long stretch, you know, without losing, and then and then they they stumbled a little bit. And, you know, and this all could come down to that Sunday game at LA Galaxy. You know, they might be, who knows? They might be either battling with them for fourth or for seventh. Yeah, it's a feels like the West comes down to that a lot. Um, any other final words of wisdom, anything from training this week that we should be looking for health wise? How are they looking? Yeah. I mean, they haven't really done much, you know, they had the, today's their engine uh, regeneration day. And then uh, tomorrow we'll get a quick look at them at uh, they won't do much and then they'll get on a plane and, and go to Vancouver. And, uh, um, but, uh, we'll see if they're, we'll see if they're all healthy. They got the, um, Will trap back the other day after he'd been missing a couple games, and it looks like they're all healthy up front. You know, the only guy that has been on the injured list is Justin McMaster, the rookie, and he hasn't played much. So, um, but we'll know more tomorrow about how they. You never really know on these things for a couple of days how guys came through. All of a sudden, you think they're fine, and by Friday they have this nick that they can't play. So, well, they're always better. Obviously, most teams are, but it feels like when they are at full strength, they are a playoff team. It's just going to be a matter of did the work they did, you know, when they were missing some guys cost them enough that they won't be. And, you know, just to circle back on our initial conversation too, looking forward to that game tomorrow night at, I'm sorry, Tuesday night at Allianz field should be a good one with the U S women's national team. Jerry Zagoda, good stuff. We'll do this again soon down the stretch here as the uh, loons press for a playoff spot. Okay. Thanks Mike. Interesting stuff from Jerry Zagoda as always good to catch up with him again. Now that he's back on the beat, SportClubStats.com, by the way, does uh, playoff projections for MLS teams, gives the Loons a 65.6% chance of making the playoffs at this point. So about a 2-3 and three chance they make it. That would be good for them if they can get in, because if they can get in, they've got a chance. If they don't, like Jerry said, it will be a very interesting offseason as we ponder what future moves they might want to make. Let's finish with the cooler. Atlanta and Houston begin the World Series Tuesday night. The team uh, that keeps doing the tomahawk chop 30 years after they should have stopped 
against the team that cheated its way to a World Series a couple of years ago. Yeah, that'll be fun, right? A lot of a uh, lot of uh, rooting interest if you're just a partial, uh, if you're a casual observer. If you can push that aside, which I don't necessarily think you should do, it should be an interesting series. I'm I'm still going to watch it. Um, I, I think most of most of you who like baseball will too. Um, but it, it's it's still problematic that you have to think about these two teams in the context of what they have done and what they continue to do, and that's not a great look for baseball in the least. That will do it for me today. Should have good stuff coming up t- tomorrow. Chip Scoggins, I think, will be on the show to talk about his football across Minnesota column and maybe a little bit more wild wolves talk, things like that. Chip's always good for a variety of subjects. Thank you for listening so much today. I'm Michael Rand. Be back at it on Wednesday.